Welcome to Forking Vids, the podcast about the interactive video industry. Hi, and welcome to Forking Vids, the podcast. My name's Brad Shaw. I'm a voice actor from London. My career has mainly involved marketing and performance. Having run an immersive theatre company for a number of years, I became very interested in interactivity within performance. This started almost 30 years ago. I was running a promotions agency at the time, and I became the sole promo agent for Virgin Interactive Entertainment. It was in the old days of the Mega Drive and the SNES, and the industry really was booming. Now, one of the people I met back in the day was Matt Spall, a games producer. 30 years later, and we've reconnected and realised that we had this shared interest in interactive video, and we're thinking of working together again. Hi, Matt. Hi there, Brad. So what does a games producer actually do? producer is kind of like a scrum master or a product owner. And actually, a producer in a video game environment tends to be both of those things combined. You must have been juggling a lot of different elements to bring well that together. was one so so i did that and i mean and i was i was an external producer so it's kind of it would be in kind of uh recording you know, a tv and, and film terms mm. you're essentially an, a, a, an executive producer so so representing right, right, representing okay. the the interests of the of, of the publisher or the distributor of the product as opposed to um in there on the day-to-day basis kind of shouting at a team so give us a potted history of your background then. So, I mean, the potted history. So, yeah, I mean, so, so th- this is this is the year uh, in continuous service, year 34 in video wow. games officially. Uh, and actually, to be honest, more like sort of year 36 or 37 um, in, a, in, a, in a casual way. Because, you know, when I was in my early teens, I was working in a, um, a video game shop or running a little video game section in a board game shop right uh so you know the history is i started very early on in a, in a games company called uh, the sales curve as they were they became sci oh yeah and ultimately um bought they, they bought idos i'd left by that point but i worked on arcade conversions there uh, of games like shinobi and uh, the ninja warriors and stuff like that i went from there to virgin where we met we we, and i was there for for about four or five years virgin was a really interesting time um because i started out there as a video game producer working on god what did i work on there uh command and conquer is probably command and conquer god the hours i put into that game but you know that was a kind of that was a weird sort of associate producer job where i was i was because that was a third party developer wasn't it it was at that point. It was Westwood Studios. Westwood, who, yeah, who that's were um, who were independent at that time. But while okay. I was at Virgin, were bought by Virgin, um, and became a became an internal studio. They were based out of Las Vegas, as well. So it's kind of like a that was always an interesting trip. <laughs> so there and a bunch of other stuff that I was there. But actually, while I was there, also, and this is kind of where the diversity in my my career came from. The internet started to become a thing. I was the one that showed most interest, kind of being kind of wondering about its potential and things like that. But actually at that point, the web as it was, which was um, CompuServe and AOL um, <laughs> and all those horrible... Um, and watching line by line as your picture came up. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> spending 45 minutes just waiting for a picture of a woman's shoulder. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but it was kind of, you know, and, you know and, and weirdly, it's kind of, I ended up, by, by showing that it was 
the internet those days was ultimately a kind of a um, a brochure thing. You know, it was kind of like it, it, it mm. kind of the corporate the corporate internet in those days was was brochures. To, I mean, to put it into perspective, the time at the time when I was working at Virgin, I one of my um, triumphs was working on the first ever cd-rom game the seventh yeah. uh, and and all of that and uh, you know that that really dates it you know and well really yeah and i can't remember i worked on yeah i suppose i must have i mean i think you know, i think i seem to remember command and conquer came on came on like 10 floppy disks i think <laughs> wow but yeah, it yeah. was you know and that was that was around the time but i remember installing microsoft word which i think came on 30 well, so it was, um, yeah, I mean, but then it, it was a huge um, leap forward from uh, cassette tapes and the spectrum and all of that stuff. You remember waiting an hour for that one game to load only for it to error and you had to start all over again. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. And then kind of the mad stuff. I mean, I was a Commodore. I was a Commodore 64 boy. And it was. Um, I run my business on that. I remember oh, in the yeah. early days. But I, but I remember you know, loading loading from cassette originally. The only the only way stuff would ever load was if the if, is if the uh, the Commodore cassette deck that I had uh, hung off the side of the desk <laughs> by its wire, right? Um, and stuff. So it's just kind of these bonkers or upside down or something horrible like that. You know, it was kind of a... <laughs> well, I I graduated onto an Atari ST, and I remember the first time I ever got a something like a ten megabyte hard drive. It was an absolute <laughs> revolution. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. It was, so I had a, at one point, I was again working at Virgin. So that you know, the the the, the, the moving on to internet stuff in, in when yeah, I was yeah. at Virgin was all experimental, right? Right. Um, and it meant that I actually moved from from the development department into the marketing department. So I was kind of like a, um, uh, I was I was the t- t- kind of technical marketing lead or something weird. I don't know what it was. But actually, I mean, that was, you know, those are the days when for for a very short period of time, Virgin Interactive was the biggest games company in the world um, for a while. I mean, it it lost it Hmm. to to EA and they and they kind of uh, continued to be that quite a lot longer. So it's kind of, yeah, and that was there. I left there, um, moved on to take two for a little while where I, I was again sort of like a an accessory, if you like, as, as a company, but worked on Grand Theft Auto 2. Oh, did you? So that's yeah. kind of that's ancient history. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto London. I shipped that one. Uh, and then really from there, I, I left there and started my own business um, with a couple of friends um, that specialised in, in mobile uh, game development. And this, is, this was mobile games before smartphones existed. Right. Um, so, what did know, that so, look like? I, so, so they, you know, they were um, they were you know, they weren't called smartphones. They were they were just J two ME. Right. Oh, yes. Like, you know, Java, okay. Java phones. Right. Um, so, Snake and stuff like that. Yeah, kind of. And then um, a Snake was built in, but it no, was no. Um, yeah. you know we we were we were working on content there. Right. So we I think we released like fifty games wow. while we were there. Did you make um, any money? Uh, on and off. <laughs> um, we we did the we we we, we built a driving game which was ultimately rebadged as a, a fast and the furious game which made us very good money right um via via a third party um and then th- there you know that, that that's when my kind of the, my world the the mergers and acquisitions world started um for me and and um I, I i sold that business or we sold that business to argonaut games great uh who bought it who wanted a mobile 
facility. So um, again, still a, still very much a Java world at that point. Um, sold it to them. Um, Argonaut unfortunately um, went to the wall. Um, so I, I, a few of us bought our assets back out again, built it up again, sold it again to IDOS. Um, there, at that time, then as a as a as a as a mobile and casual game studio, we moved on to to building uh, a lot of flash games. Okay, at yeah. that point, um, I started a, a website called Give Me Five Games, which did which did very well. Kind of in, in one of the one of the uh, of the many. Um, Flash multiple flash game sites that came that, that were around the market uh, at that time. Um, IDOS then had some financial problems and, and laid us all off. Um, so I bought the assets out again. At that point, started a small another uh, ran a small studio. Then started getting into smartphone games at that point, uh, and then sold all those assets into into another business. Um, so Zatica. you so you bought so, and sold quite a few. <laughs> Businesses. But basically, bought and sold the same company. Right. Sold it, bought it back, sold it, bought it back, sold it, and then eventually walked away from it. <laughs> um, I think the, you know, the assets are still there somewhere. Um, the, the Zatica, the company I sold it to, doesn't exist anymore. Right. But I know the, the assets were bought out of that company by somebody else before it before right. it um, tits up, for want of a better expression. So, so now, and that's where we are now, right? And actually, a couple of years ago, um, was approached uh, by a PR company. A guy I know that works at a PR company to say, do I know anything about um, interactive video? Or more importantly, do I know anything about kind of interaction with video on a very basic level? They, they asked us to um, produce a, a version of the driving test hazard awareness or hazard perception test, right. they call it, uh, where you know, it runs a video and you click when you, when you perceive a hazard uh-huh. going on. And, and what they wanted to do was was create a, um, uh, a a version of it where it was the passenger hazard awareness test. Not not that not, not that your passenger would be aware of hazards, um, but you'd be aware as a driver of, of hazards that your passenger was causing. Um, whether that be kind of messing around with the stereo or taking their right. seatbelt off while they're driving or leaning out the window and, and leering at people. Taking their clothes off like whilst that. you're driving, that sort of thing. And things like that, yeah. And it's kind of um, you know, just distracting you. Yeah. Um, and we built that. It never, unfortunately, never got released. I can't. I can't. I'm not going to say who we, we built it for. <laughs> okay. so I'm not allowed to. Sure. Um, but essentially, they once 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 it was finished, they um, they they didn't they didn't want to release it. Or they didn't want it going to the public because they because they thought it would be encouraging people to do those things. So ultimately, it was cancelled. Oh, I see. But what it what it meant what it meant could happen is is that we we were able to build a. Um, uh, and it, uh, kind of the, the beginnings, you like, if you like, of an engine, where where we could lay graphics over the top of video and, and allow a user to interact with that video. Great. Um, hence what we're talking about, right? But it's kind of, um, and and what that meant is that once we we're in that position where we could start and stop video and, and overlay graphics over it, um, for us the rest is history. You know, we, but I, um, <laughs> I wondered whether or you know it's but both of the both of us that started the business and mark and i at that time you know we're both we're both um quite long in the tooth old blokes um <laughs> old geezers uh, but but you know have a, have a kind of video game and gaming history so both were very uh very well aware of, of game books and particularly mm-hmm. the, the fighting fantasy 
um, game of books. Of course, that, of course, yeah. That were created by by Ian Livingston and Steve Jackson that many, many, many years ago. Um, and and thought, well, would, you know, wondered whether or not it was worth doing an experiment with a um, with the engine that we created for this um, uh, this uh, hazard awareness test. Um, and I just, you know, I just, I, I spent some time, dug around on the internet, found a, a little kind of homemade um, game book story, a really short mm. thing with like four or five interactions. Um, recorded it, recorded myself staring into the camera, um, reading back this story, um, and then we put it together as a, as a really basic um, interactive video story did it work well uh and it worked i mean it didn't, it didn't work well but it worked basically it was it was really straightforward it was just you, you reached a decision point um if you chose the right if you chose one um the game would end if you your game this, the experience would end if you chose the other it would continue to another choice right, right. and that was it really it was a it was a a, a terrible metaphor for um, for heaven and hell, I think. Just so we've got a starting point, really, Matt. How would you define interactive video? Well, there were there were two. There were, there were, I mean, there, it, it's it's a quite a gamut of different stuff, to be honest. But it's um, there are kind of two main uses for it at the moment. One, one is a one is a, a marketing piece, sure, um, and one is a an entertainment piece. Um, and there are, there are points where they cross over. I mean, from a, from a marketing piece. Um, you know, there are websites uh, that you can go to where, as you you land on the site, you know, there's a video running. Uh, there are more often than not, it'll be things like cars or clothes, uh, and then you're in a position where you're encouraged to to click on that video. Um, and it might be, you know, it might be somebody wearing a coat, or it might be a, the inside of a car that's showing you some particular. So yeah, so it's it, it's interacting with the brand. Yeah, so it's clicking and then getting information, or or potentially it being positioned where you you put that item in your um, your basket. And is there a lot of that at the moment happening at the moment? It's it's happening. There's it's around. It's kind of um, ultimately it's it's as far as I can tell. We're not we're not delivering that sort of stuff. But as far no. as I can tell, the delivery of that stuff's quite pricey. So, um, you know, you've got to, you have to film very specifically for it. You, you, there's quite a lot of work associated with building the, the, the kind of hotspot click areas. It has to be integrated with a back end. Uh, it's quite complicated. Is that some, not something that you're interested in getting involved in? Ah, uh, not now. No. It's kind of, you know, if, 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 if you know, if in a while um, there's demand, somebody, somebody gives us demand for that sort of stuff, then uh, there's no reason why we wouldn't. Um, it just has to be worth it. We went from um, building the test to building a fully fledged uh, interpretation of one of the classic fighting fantasy games, fighting fantasy books, uh, and turned that into a into a, a product that that is essentially an analog of that book, delivered very much in the the same way that BBC Books at Bedtime or Jackanory right. um, it, it is done with a with someone sitting in a in a comfy chair in a nice in a nice yeah, comfy room reading you a story um and we made that interactive essentially what that's doing is communicating a story to you in a new way um so or it's essentially reading you a book so w when i talk about information it could be uh it could be handled very much in in, in you know like a, a an interactive documentary okay. it kind of comes from the the kind of lean back lean 
lean in or lean forward um, engagement that you get with product. So it's kind of, you know, so it could be a documentary for somebody like I don't know the National Geographic, where you can yeah. choose which sites of interest you want to see more of, that sort of thing. Yeah, and then and there's a whole ton of different ways of doing that as well. And it's going to, you know, with our first major, with our first release with Death Trap Dungeon, um, that was very much uh, done in a, in a kind of here's a situation you're in. What do you want to do now? So it was very much a kind right. of a listen and then and react, listen, react. Um, but there are other ways you can do that. You know, it's kind of the, the particularly with things like um, and certainly the stuff we're building um, means that you can have ongoing stuff. So you can have Tiger. You know, use an example. What's what's the biggest documentary that's been in the last few years? Probably Tiger King, right? Mm. So you know, there's, there would be an opportunity to have for you to watch an episode of Tiger King. Um, but during it, um, there would be hotspots all over the screen right. that, that you could interact with. So, you know, you could have any time that Joe Exotic's on the screen, you could click on Joe and be given some information about him. Did you see the um, Louis Theroux uh, uh, documentary? I've not, no. It's, um, that's, 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 that's very much queued up to be to watched. Be watched. Yeah, same here, yes. Um, <laughs> so, that, yeah, that's one way of doing it. So on a documentary sense, it's kind of like, Documentary interactive documentary is much more like a deeper dive, right? So you're being uh, essentially you're you know over over the course of a half an hour an hour TV show or, or, or documentary, you're being given the you're you're given the surface detail if you like uh, of what's going on, and there might be some 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 uh, deeper dives into some of it, but there might be things that there might be more stuff in there that you're interested in. So essentially, um, it's a curated documentary where you just see the stuff that you want to see. Essentially, ultimately, yeah, it's kind of down to you, and it's kind of and what it means is is that in in relation to the way that show could be built, is it could be built as a as a ten or a fifteen minute show where they just talk about the outline detail, um, and if you want to know more, then clicking will take you to deeper dives, and essentially by clicking on. You know, there's no, there's no text on the screen in, the, in this case, or it, it might just be, you know, there's a, again, Tiger King. It might be talking about a particular tiger. Um, and you could click on that and know more about that. Um, and it's essentially the, it's then down to the user. So you, what, you, what you're doing is rather than them leaning back and just being fed what it is that the editor of the, and the director of that, that, that documentary or show, or whatever it is, mm. um, want you to know. But then, um, but then, isn't that going to chew up a huge amount of content? So, for that fifteen-minute program, then, if you're allowed to choose, it could be like three hours of documentary behind it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Essentially, again, it's going to, and you need, you do need that. But, but it's, but also, when you know, when you when you're shooting a a, a a documentary or a show or whatever, you know, you you end up, you end up shooting tens or hundreds of hours sure, yeah, of, of, course, of, 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 course of content in order to catch the gems that you want you want in that Ab- abso- absolutely and i was just thinking from a, arc. from a producer's point of view is it gonna you know have them gulping oh my god all of our programs are going to cost four times the budget well no because you because you're going to shoot not, that anyway because you're shooting it anyway right, right? it's right. just the, the the issue is is what you're doing is you're adding value to the absolutely to the to 90 percent of the stuff that you shot that ends up on the cutting room floor 
Okay. So, I mean, looking at the current, so if we're going to focus for the sake of this conversation on the entertainment side of interactive video, where are we at the moment? I obviously saw, and a lot of people probably did saw Bandersnatch on Netflix, the Black Mirror thing. And as far as, from my sort of ignorant uh, standpoint, that's that's where it's at. But you're in a much better position to tell us in terms of interactive entertainment video, where are we at the moment? So that I mean, so Bandersnatch is really interesting, right? It's kind of, um, and it's you know, Netflix are are an amazing business. What they do, you know, they you know, yeah. just look at the way they the way they switched wholesale from sending you a DVD in a or a CD or DVD in a, in a in a in a in a manila envelope. Well, absolutely, they could have been over, Blockbuster over, rather than Netflix. They could have done yeah, it if they'd reacted right. Absolutely you know, yeah. right, but it's kind of. But ultimately, you know, Netflix are doing it, and, and, and Amazon are kind of doing it to a certain extent. Mm, you got a whole bunch of other people that are, that are doing that streamed stuff, but but the only one of them so far that's actually been that's taken the dive to to really to to get you to lean forward. Sure, um, is Netflix, and they and they've done it with a few with a you know with a, with a few interesting pieces of content. They did a few before Bandersnatch. You know, there's a kind of a Puss in Boots thing that they did to kids, right? Um, uh, but Bandersnatch was very much sort of the, you know, the baby of, of Charlie Brooker, who wrote it, um, who incidentally is an enormous fan of fighting fantasy novels. Right. Um, there's a surprise, yeah. And it's kind of you know, in, in, in some interviews, he actually cited um, uh, fight, fighting fantasy as the inspiration for it. But you know, but but the point is that Netflix p- picked it up and ran with it, which was really interesting because it, it was a it was a significant change for them um, of their engine. You right, know, the, yeah. the, the play the playback app that you use to playback Netflix um, needed a significant change, and there are hundreds of different versions of, of that. You know, hundreds of different formats. Sorry, you know, there are smart TV versions, mobile phone versions, of course, yeah. desktop computer versions. There's, there's a you know, there's a load of different operating systems that, that that thing runs on, and they you know they they chose very carefully. You can't you know on, on my my five year old smart TV, um, I can't play I can't play the interactive version of Bandersnatch on it. It doesn't let me do it. Oh, can you not? Okay, no. But, so it needs a fairly new kit then to be able to run. Reasonably new, but I can on my mobile phone. I can on my desktop version of it. Um, and you know a lot, and a lot of modern TVs are built on Android, uh, and so consequently you can. But it's there's also a there's there's also a consideration from Netflix, Netflix's point of view is how you interact with it as well, and which is kind of interesting. And they and they 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 clearly dealt with it very well on on Bandersnatch. Is that what you don't have is if you're if you're as much as you're leaning forward to interact with it on your telly, the the interface you have between you and your telly is a is a generally a very poorly considered um, little panel of buttons that you hold in your hand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of it's not it's not an interesting tactile um, interface. It, it is essentially four cursor keys and an action button. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and they and and they you know and they and they work very carefully with that. You know, the the interface the interface on on Bandersnatch is really interesting in the fact that most of the time you're just choosing between two. Two two choices, sure. But the problem with Bandersnatch is those choices don't necessarily have that much of an impact, right? Um, you know, you're not. There's no. Uh, you, you're not getting into kind of D and D style. There's no high stakes involved. Not necessarily, and there's no. There's you know the 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 choice that you make ultimately has it indicates a single outcome. 
there are situations where you make a choice in Bandersnatch, you know, whether you choose a different um, a different breakfast cereal. Or the, or the music soundtrack, get. wasn't it? Or, or yeah, or, or, or the cassette that you put mm-hmm. in your Walkman when you're on the bus. Um, has a minor outcome later on based upon what music plays later in the film. So um, is that the only example uh, completely out there at the moment? Uh, at that level of consumption. I mean, there are, you know, on in relation to the the, the sort of Netflix world, yeah, yeah. Uh, stream video world, Netflix have got a few, you know, there's Bandersnatch, there is, um, they've done um, a, an episode of Captain Thunderpants, which is a, <laughs> a, a, a DreamWorks uh, animation. They've done a, um, uh, an episode of, uh, I can't remember the full name of it, but Kimmy Schmidt, Mm-hmm. Um, there's an interactive episode of that. There's, so there's the Pushing Boots um, product they did okay. earlier on. There are a few, and, and, and there's a there's a there's a, there's a, bit, a small a short bear grill series where where basically all it's for is just you making bear grills drink his own urine. <laughs> um, you know there is an there is an option. Should I drink my own? I'm very thirsty. Should I drink my own urine or not? Well, who's going to say not? Well, exactly. Why? Why would you? You know. So it's going to. So, so that's there, and that, 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 but in relation to those services, you know, kind of Netflix et al. Um, it's it's the they're the Netflix is the only one that's really doing it right now. Um, so there's the only, only others... there's, there is very few examples then at the moment. So branching narrative, your new company. So tell us what what tell us about it and what's your vision for it. So okay, so it's kind of so so it's been a it's a couple of years old, and it, and it, and it is ultimately a. Um, a a symptom or a result of of the the the, the experimental stuff we did with uh, the, the you know the driving uh, what's it called the hazard awareness you know the hazard awareness test version that we did okay um, and it's the strat the strategy with the business has, has, has always been ultimately to be providing a platform uh, to democratize interactive video. Now that's a very big statement to make around what we're doing, but ultimately, um, what do you mean it, as creators? Yeah, we just give to give everybody the opportunity to to build something um, interactive using video. Um, you know, there are there are a lot of there are there, there are a number of interactive video products out there. Mm. Um, you know, I so said we talked about Bandersnatch. Um, but there are other ones that you can buy online. You know, the games that you can download to your PC or your phone. Um, you know, uh, bigger titles, bigger, more recognised titles, things like Her Story and um, a game called Doctor Decker. That's got a full name. I can't remember what it is, but it's, it's uh, so. Decker. So, from what you're saying, is it's creating a, 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 a consumer interface to allow everybody to create their own, yeah, interactive and it's kind of yeah, essentially, it's it's. Uh, a, that's our ultimate goal is to not is to not be churning out or turning out interactive experiences ourselves right but to be to be creating a platform that will allow anybody to do that so if any everything went according to plan in five years time what does the company look like uh well in five years i mean in five years time I mean, it's, uh, assuming you haven't sold it and bought it and sold it again. Uh, yeah, well, I've got a history of that, right? <laughs> um, but it's kind of, I, I suppose our, our ultimate goal is is to be the interactive video platform of choice. Right, okay. 
um, whether that be for an individual that wants to make some kind of interactive uh, documentary, uh, maybe some kind of, you know, maybe a, a, some kind of educational product, um, some kind of training, corporate training thing. Sure. Or, it sounds, I mean, um, there's a huge amount of uses for it. Or right, you know, right, right up to and including um, somebody making their own Bandersnatch. Right. You know, so or, 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 as li- or as little as a friend sending a one line knock knock joke to their friend. So it's facilitating producers rather than being a producer yourself. Yeah, ultimately. Okay. I mean, we are, you know, in order to do these kind of things, we have to be a producer. Oh, no. I, to, uh, yeah, I understand we, that completely. Yeah, we, well, one, we have to make sure the bloody thing works, right? But it's kind of, um, so we have to build something against it in order to be able to test whether or not we can build it, if you know what I mean. Um, but also we have to be a position where if we're producing that sort of stuff for uh, for a consumer market, we have to give a whole load of library video that goes along with it. Sure, absolutely. And obviously that's another area that uh, Matt and I are talking about that I, as uh, some of you might know, I used to run a, a murder mystery company. And currently Matt and I are just uh, chatting about whether there's any uh, legs in producing uh, an interactive video version of the murder mystery. So that's something. Mm. Watch this space with very early. And, you know, I mean, yeah, but it's, it's, you know, it, it's, and that's a really, uh, it's something I'm incredibly interested in because it's, um, you know, the, the, this, this year or so of, of, um, uh, what's the, what's the nicest way of putting it? Shitstorm. <laughs> Shitstorm. Um, <laughs> that's the only polite way I can think. What's happened is, 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 you know, there, there, there was interest before the, before the pandemic in, um, really, really nicely produced escape rooms, you know, and it's of kind course, of, yeah. they are, and they are, at all intents and purposes, they are murder mysteries, right? Uh, or or, yeah. or analogues kind of thereof. Yeah. Uh, and what's been really interesting is seeing that shift online um, and seeing how well a lot of that stuff shifts online, how well um, escape rooms are done with people sitting on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you've got an actor in there that's kind of delivering that sort of stuff. And what, what and what it suggests to us is is that, uh, that you know there is you can do that stuff with um, with a whole bunch of really nicely prescripted stuff. I played a, um, a sort of a weird little spy game hmm. um, a few weeks ago that was that, you know, online. It was really interesting. Actually, weirdly, it kind of involved getting your phone out and phoning up numbers and right, right, right. stuff like that. It's called Moriarty's Game. Oh, I've heard about this. Yes. Uh, you you recommend from, it? Yeah, really interesting. Okay. It's, it's, like, it's only a couple. It's a few quid. And it's not, you know, it's a single, it's a, it, you can you can get multi, multiple people can play it at the same time. Right. But ultimately, it's a, fun. It's a, it's a linear experience that you just, you uncover things as you go. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was kind of fun for an hour. It kind of killed, a, nicely killed an hour. Sure, sure. So it's like, so it's those kind of you know coming back to what what we're doing. It's those kind of experiences that we hope people will build. Right. Um, but also, you know, we we probably will build too. You know, it's kind of it's um, in the same way that that Microsoft supplies you with with interesting tools for you to sure you know to write. The right to write things. So, so, things so the or, future you know. for you then would be a mixture of facilitating producers with a with a consumer engine as well as producing. Is that that's... yeah? I mean, and not just to, yeah, produce, but but what's important is is 
um, to not just be a consumer facing thing. You know, we are we want to be in a position where, in in you know, the the ultimate goal for this is is to be the the de facto or default choice okay. um, for interactive video for everybody from a bloke sending a a, a, a joke to his girlfriend right up to bandersnatch five <laughs> indeed you know. so so okay going forward then in the shorter term what's the next stage of development for you so we're we're now so we're building an you know the the the, the self-serve system okay if you like is, is 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 very much motoring in development right now and have you got um, a timeline for that when you when you're looking well to- yeah we're hope we're hoping to to be in a position um sort of summertime Okay. To be to be putting something in in some 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 testers' hands. So you're fairly far advanced then in the development. Oh yeah, yeah. We've got you know we're in a position now where we you know we we built Death Trap Dungeon as as the example here in a very modular way, um, in order to be able to break those modules apart and then build on them. Amazing. In yeah. order to allow other people to build within their sure, engine. Sure. Um, so we, we, you know, from the very beginning, and it was from the the, the very the, the point at which we incorporated the business, um, the intention was always to build a, a consumer-facing or a user-facing um, right plat- design platform. Cool. Right. It was the the, the um, desktop dungeon was a symptom of building that, which was we needed to build something to prove we could do it. Sure. So why not do it with a with a commercial release? The whole idea of doing this podcast was to on a well regular or not so regular depending on schedules and stuff um a a regular look into the state of play of the industry and obviously um branching narrative specifically um so in terms of uh going forward with the podcast uh, we potentially can bring in um a whole range of different guests going forward from producers to actors to uh, anybody who who potentially would get involved uh, with the um uh with the industry so um if you like this podcast if you could share it as much as uh, possible and uh, let everybody know that we're out there um we'll uh, keep you posted as to what's coming up so Matt what are your final thoughts in this podcast about the interactive video industry? It's a tiny industry. And this is the point about this is, is that while companies like Netflix are doing interactive, interactive video or interactive narrative um, or interactive drama, is maybe the way to put this kind of stuff. Um, there are, there are very few people doing it. You know, you can, you can not necessarily on the fingers of one hand, but but certainly on the fingers of two hands, you can count the number of businesses that are actually involved in in in, in interactive video and in, in interactive video as an entertainment uh, platform. So you know, this podcast, I think it's kind of you know what 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 we want to do is is to to when you have an industry that's so small, um, whether you like it or not, you end up working together because Absolutely. you are because you are all essentially driving driving your tiny little bit of the industry forward to something that can that, that 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 can become bigger and more successful. So I think for this podcast, you know, I think it's important that that we that we I don't want to you know, I, I as much as I want to market everything and and, and and promote what it is that I'm doing on on a day to day basis, I'm more than aware that there is a need to 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 work closely 
um, with with the greater industry. And and one of the things I certainly want to achieve from this podcast is to give that industry a voice. Absolutely. So, I, certainly what I don't want this to be is a an, um, half an hour long advert for your company every time because we'll turn people off that way. So the, 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 the idea then is, I mean, we may even have some live chats, live Q&As, uh, live Zooms, stuff like that as well. But more importantly, if you're interested in the interactive video area, what we'd like, and you want to ask Matt as one of the leaders in this area, uh, any questions about it, please do comment uh, in the sections below where you find this um, with questions. And in our next podcast, we can address some of those. So I think this is... um. This has been a, a, a fantastic sort of insight into the interactive industry, and we'll keep everybody posted of special guests we've got coming up or or when the next one's going to be. It's when one of us has got time, really. Uh, but it's been fan- fantastic, Matt. Thank you so much for, uh, uh, for doing this, and uh, we'll hopefully do this again very soon. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, you know, like I say, anything, anything we can do to build up this bit of the industry um, and kind of just give it a voice, uh, a, a more united voice, then, then probably the better. Great. Thanks, Matt. Take care, right. mate. Thanks, Brad. Bye-bye.